Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast, the number one spirituality podcast on iTunes. My name is Emma Mumford and I'm your host. I'm the UK's leading law of attraction expert, award-winning life coach, two times best-selling author, manifestation YouTuber, speaker, and badass spiritual queen. I'm here to help you awaken and turn your dream life into an abundant reality and help you create your positively wealthy life full of happiness, abundance, and joy. I do this through sharing the power of law of attraction and spirituality. I hope my podcast will inspire you to raise your game and start living your best life today. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. So thank you so much, gorgeous souls, for joining me for another one of my Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast episodes today. I am so excited to have the gorgeous Bhavani Vyas with us today. So Bhavani, if you don't know, is a spiritual teacher um, and a world-renowned devotional singer, a senior breathwork um, practitioner, Vedic meditation and mantra expert from London. With over three decades of practical experience, Bhavani has long been an ambassador of the spiritual side of life and also so the creator of the MBS festival events, which as you guys will know, I have spoken at the last few years. So Bhavani and I have got super close over this time and it's a joy to be able to bring her here on the podcast to share her magic with us today. So how are you Bhavani? Well, an intro. I'm really well. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Uh, yeah, I've been a huge supporter and champion of your work. Um, I love what you do and I love that um, I've been part of the process of, you know, bringing it to more people and getting it to to more people to experience you in person at the festival. So thank you so much for, for having me. Well, thank you for having me as well. They are such fantastic events and honestly have been such a highlight for me over the last few years to, like you say, be able to connect with you, to be able to connect with so many new people. Um, And I always feel like it's such a family vibe there as well. It's such a beautiful community that you've created. So kudos to you for that, because I think it's so difficult when you have an event on that scale as well to create such beautiful energy and make sure that everything just feels so supportive, so uplifting, so positive for everybody, you know, the speakers, the attendees, the people who work there. So, you know, I sing your praises all the time. (laughs) Thank you, my love. I really hope that that's something I take into everything I do, you know, that, that people feel that, 
that connection and that support. So thank you. I really appreciate you acknowledging that. Thanks. <laughs> I'm sure you will, lovely. So one question I love to ask every guest that comes on the podcast, Barbara, yes. when did you spiritually awaken? What is your story? I know you like to ask this question, actually, and it often plunges me deep into wonder because there wasn't a, you know, there wasn't a date as such. Um, I feel like I've been lucky enough this lifetime to be very aware of my spiritual path from quite early on. Um, And that was a privilege that I had because my parents, when they were in their 30s with their young kids, were on their journey of looking for their path and looking for the things. So it meant that, you know, when I was very small, when I was very young and growing up, I was exposed to a lot of wisdom, a lot of philosophy, a lot of spirituality, a lot of cultures and practices, techniques. Um, so that's very much been part of my of my whole life. Um, and I started meditating when I was five years old because of that. So it's very hard for me to say when I spiritually awoke. And for me, it's, it's a life's work, probably lifetimes worth of work, yeah. you know. Um, so... It's a daily, continuous practice um, and a way I hope that I live my life every single day. Um, but it wasn't a sort of light switch moment. I still continue to have light switch moments, <laughs> even now on the path, which you'll have as well, and that all your listeners will have, you know, this sort of moment, this sort of feeling of constantly re-arriving home, you know, when you're on your path. So. Yeah, that's how it is for me. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's so beautiful that everybody has such fast different experiences because it's yeah. so beautiful because, again, people will listen to this and be like, I've had a journey exactly like Bhavani or I've had a journey yeah. exactly like one of Emma's other guests. So I think yeah, it's yeah. good to hear different polarity stories of people who had awakened really early in their life and had really spiritual parents or people who maybe awoke in their 60s for example so it's great and I love that you say you know that re-arriving back home because that is exactly what these awakenings are aren't they of like bringing you back to your true essence bringing you back to your soul bringing you back home so um I love that. And has there been any kind of real light bulb moments in your life or circumstances which really brought you back home to yourself? Oh, my goodness. So many. Um, I think that in itself could be (laughs) chapters and chapters of multiple volumes of many books. Um, But one that's coming to mind right now was one from about um, six years ago. And I was on this huge... um, very advanced meditation calls called Sayam. And my spiritual teacher was there and I was sitting on this course with lots of other um, very respectable, very senior meditation teachers, experts, swamis from all over the world who I knew and whose paths I've crossed with over the, over the many years as well. So it felt, you know, it was already an aha moment where I realized I was sort of in the student seat with many of these people who I look up to as teachers as well and um, on this same course the meditations that were given or taught to us the techniques that were taught to us to access those higher states of meditation which are only given after a certain time on the path and it's not about exclusivity or anything like that it's purely 
to ensure that your nervous system and your mind is ready to go that far, you know. Um, mm. I'm sure many listeners will know that when you are on your journey, let's say, even though it's not a linear journey, you see and perceive things differently at different times. So to know that I was um, amongst greatness and then being having these techniques and these ancient practices revealed to me um, to experience, those were like, Whoa, moments, you know, in those meditations. Because when you've been meditating for a long time, you get to a space sometimes you're like, yeah, I get it. I've yeah. Got, you know, where it was like, I don't know anything. You know, it's like this reintroduction almost because even if I didn't think there were walls and ceilings and floor around me in my practice, even those got blew open. Mm. You know? Um so that was that, and that's now something that I bring into my practice all the time. So that was one particular one that stands out in this moment when you've asked me, but there are many. <laughs> and it's almost like those moments where the universe really humbles you, where you're like, I've got this, I know what I'm doing, I've been meditating for so many years, I've been manifesting for so many years. And then the universe is like, right, let's test you then, let's go back to the basics and start all again. You think you know it, let's try something new. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So let's talk more about your singing then. So your singing, oh my gosh, I always love it when I hear it on your lives, on your reels, your stories, because it is just so beautiful. And actually, I don't think we've had a podcast episode where we talk about the power of music and vibration and singing. So I'm really excited to talk with you today about this. So how does the power of music and singing raise our vibration and help us manifest? I mean, that's a that's a big question, and it's and it's a beautiful question. I was thinking about this, about how it sort of connects us to ourselves again and manifests. But ultimately, um, if I had to sort of whittle it down to an answer, I would say that it brings us back into alignment because we're working something with something very basic. Actually, we think of it as you know, music and chants and Sanskrit and all of these things together, and vibrations. But what it is, is it's, it's literally just sound. And it's bringing us back into that very, very basic alignment. You know, when we are uh, born, even before we're born, when we're being formed in our mother's womb, the first of the five human senses that we develop is that of hearing, that sound. That's why they say, you know, you can you can speak to the tummy and all this sort of stuff. And similarly, when it's time to be leaving the body, the last of the five human senses to leave us is sound, which is why they say you can you can talk to them on their deathbed, so to speak. You know, you can speak to them when when it seems like they aren't there anymore. You know, so it's this connection to sound which just can help realign us. It can help just nudge us um, back on track. And it's in the way that connects us most easily. It's in the way that cultures around the world for millennia have communicated and connected with each other when everything may be different between them, race, religion, culture, practice, language, you know, um, everything right down to something as basic as skin color and bone structure. You know, if you're literally stood in, some, in front of someone that is what could appear to be a completely different world from you. Music has always been something that's connected us as a human race, as a, as a family. Um, so it just realigns us again. Definitely. And we did sound healing in the Manifestation membership, gosh, a couple of months ago now. 
And it was so interesting because I knew bits about sound healing and I love sound bowls and I've gone to gong baths and things like that and gone to chant workshops. Yeah. But it, for me, it was really interesting to learn about how the vibration of sound and music can obviously, I mean, obviously, if anyone's familiar with this podcast, you'll see my subliminals, which have like 440 hertz and things like that. So it's interesting how different frequencies and hertz can really like change the cells in our body, change our frequency, change our vibration. And sound can be so healing in so many ways of, you know, if you're listening something to shift your mood and, you know, feel happy or you want to move through an emotion. And I think it's something that maybe we don't rely on too much because we think we need to do the practice we need to do the journaling and the physical things when actually listening to a piece of music or chanting ourselves like you can just feel oh my gosh so shifted right yeah 100 percent. you know our our words are so powerful you know they're basically vibrations that are coming out of ourselves in a way for someone else to understand comprehend perceive feel a certain way or think a certain way you know to, to create impact right and when when we're doing that we're just realigning ourselves we're re-empowering our words we're realigning our vibration so that what we're trying to say what we're trying to communicate lands right because we we are i mean we even think in words some of us think in words some people think in different ways but there are we are in an ocean of words but what we want to reach is that silence And that's a beautiful thing about mantras and chanting and using sound to reach that space of infinite silence within us. And that's how we can then manifest the life of our dreams. It's how we can create the life of our dreams because we're once again giving power to our thoughts and our minds and our our words. Mm -hmm. So that what we want and what we desire, what we wish for happens, either for us or for those around us, you know. Absolutely. And, you know, I know that quite a few people even sing their manifestations as well. So some people might like to write them down and some people love to sing them into existence because they just really connect to that energy. They really connect to the vibration of singing and feel it's really powerful for them. So I love the power of music. You know, um, I use music a lot in my work, in our retreats and things like that, just because it really does shift and shake up the energy and how we can relate and resonate with a song and maybe even different times in our life. So then we might always have that song that we're like, oh my gosh, yes, that always yeah. gets me feeling good. That always lifts my vibes. Yeah. And that is the power of that frequency, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Music has always moved me in ways that nothing else within the realm of human experience can certainly Mm -hmm. not this time around anyway so music for sure is is my vehicle this time around (laughs) I love that so what would be some of your top tips for someone wanting to start working with music whether that's mantra chanting katan satsang what would you recommend so the first thing is that I know it's not mainstream yet. It's on its way and it's working its way into becoming part of something that everyone is aware of and, and engaging in. So I'd say with that in mind, the first step would be to not judge, you know, don't don't sort of judge it so hard and try and put the intellect there so much with what does it mean and what do I like and what am I trying to do and what am I trying to manifest? And what energy do I want? Don't worry about all of that first. Honestly, 
be childlike, not childish, but childlike in how you find something you like. It's how we find anything we like, right? We'll just be listening to something, coming across something. It can be through social media, whatever. When you go down that (laughs) social media rabbit hole or whatever it is, just find something you like, but also allow yourself to drop that judgment as opposed, you know, why, why do I like this? Why? Why I don't want to resonate with this person that's singing this because they're not like me, whatever the stories that we create in our minds are. So it's like dropping that judgment for ourselves and also dropping that judgment for the person that's sharing that that technique, that wisdom, that practice with us. So that's the first one. Second one would be to give yourself the chance to experience it. Mm that's when a little bit of that idea of discipline comes in. Not strictness, but that discipline of, I'm just going to let myself go through this without resisting. You know, I'm just going to let myself sit in this vibration, sit in this music and this mantra as well, in this environment. Because there's an environment that gets created very quickly in Kirtan or in Satsang. Mm-hmm. Just allow yourself to, to be in it and to be a witness to what's happening. Even if it's something as simple as observing the state that you're going in with and the observe, the observe the state that you're left with afterwards as you're leaving the session or as you get to the end of the music, you know, just observing how you're actually feeling, how it's changing either your physical nervous system and how you physically feel, changing your thoughts, perhaps your emotions, you know, so just allowing yourself to, to be a witness. And then... To participate, because you really get the the magic of it when you participate. And that's a beautiful thing about music. It's different to pure sound healing, where you sort of just have to receive. When it comes to kirtan and satsang, it's really about community. It really is about that shared experience. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, I like to compare it, famously I've compared it to like football chants in a stadium when you've got 50,000 people um all chanting whatever they might be chanting for a footballer but that that group consciousness comes into effect you know and all the differences of those 50,000 people yeah look away when they're all chanting that same thing so um yeah part- let yourself participate as well because the ego stops us right i can't sing i don't know the words i don't know what it means you can drop all of that so these are my first three steps first three tips (laughs) I love those and you're so right because I remember um our good friend Hannah introduced me to um sort of like devotional chant and satsang music years ago and it always really intrigued me and I thought this is really nice and relaxing to listen to but I just didn't really understand what they were saying or like what the point or message of it was so I got into a lot of like diva pramel like right at the beginning and I really still love those today um and now I really love Kyle Gray's as well that he's kind of going into and releasing and I feel like that's a little bit I think you can find the artists and the people that really align with you and you think okay I get it like that really resonates but for me you know even though I didn't understand and at that point and I didn't necessarily know why we were chanting that you know it still felt relaxing and it still felt good to participate and be involved with that and then it started to make sense and then it started to become more of a devotional practice and something that I wanted to actively you know incorporate and work with so I think you know that's a permission slip for everyone of you know I went to a chanting 
workshop once and I was like I must sound horrific right now like this does not sound as beautiful as everyone else does it but when you drop that ego of how you sound how it looks maybe even feeling a bit awkward maybe about maybe chanting it by yourself you know I came out of that session and thought god like that was so good like I have felt like I've just had an hour of self-care and Mm -hmm. I feel so different Mm -hmm. um so even if I don't fully understand the words I was saying or how this practice works you know I can feel the difference like you say in my nervous system and how I've connected to that music yeah and it's like the way you were saying it just now as well because you know the different emotions come up you're like oh I don't want to be judged you know when you're at school when you're a kid we teach kids to sing together and you know they're not caring whether or not they're in tune or any of these things what they care about is being part of it you know and that's that's why that sort of childlike nature comes in that inner child within us as well comes out like I'm just going to sing. It doesn't matter because what matters is that I'm I'm part of this, whatever it is, even if I don't know the words of, of what this hymn might mean, you know, when you're at school, if it's a school hymn or if it's in Latin or whatever school song it might be. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a really special experience, actually, if we let ourselves have it. <laughs> Absolutely. So we've spoken about the manifestation benefits of doing these things, but are there any other spiritual or health benefits of singing, chanting, satsang, all the things you've spoken about? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, when you're when you're chanting, I mentioned about how, say you've got lots of different people together, even if it's yourself, our, our thoughts, we've got so many thoughts happening at any moment of various different vibrations, because the thoughts aren't necessarily our own, right? They're impacted by the food we eat, the amount of rest we've had, the environment, our work, our stress levels, our emotions, all of these sorts of things. So we're having so many thoughts. When you chant, when you allow yourself to come into chanting mantras, whether alone or in a group, you're harmonizing the vibrations of thoughts, right? You'll bring, like I talked about, alignment. You're bringing that ease into the vibration, coming away from disease, disease, which is just lots of um, vibrations which aren't in alignment, disharmonious vibrations around us, right? So first of all, you're bringing the mind into a more steady vibration. So it means that your thoughts, your emotions, even your body can come into a little bit more alignment. Because don't forget the practice of this is also one of the paths of yoga. Yoga isn't just, you know, asana, pranayama, all these sorts of things. It's not just the physical practice. This is also this is also part of, of the practice of yoga. And then when you're connecting into that harmonious vibration, what you're actually doing is connecting to the depth of the present moment, right? Every present moment is very vast and very deep. It's not just what's happening right now. It's not just what you're listening to in this moment, you know, around the whole of creation, the whole of existence, things are being born, things are dying, things are being formed, things are dissolving, days are starting, days are ending. You know, the whole of creation in every moment is alive there is something happening right and you just get connected to that infinity of every moment so that's a beautiful thing that it then really settles us down 
right? Again, tapping in more into that sort of power of manifestation. There's also, of course, the entertainment aspect, especially if you're finding someone you enjoy listening to, someone who really puts music together beautifully, someone who creates a beautiful work of art. So there's, of course, that um, entertainment value. Then there's, when it comes to kirtan, kirtan means in Sanskrit, to cut through the idea of separation. So again, it's all about connecting, right? So it connects us back to a deeper meaning, whatever deeper meaning we want that to be or whatever deeper meaning we're ready for in that moment or on our journey and our path, it connects us to that. The third thing or fourth thing I'm losing count is um, the breath. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Beth, you know, when you're singing, when you're chanting, you naturally then have to work with your breath, whether you're conscious of it or not, you know, because you're impacting how you inhale and how you use your breath to deliver the sound and deliver that vibration. So your breath is deeper, longer, you know, more ease um, with the breath as well. So you're effortlessly working um, on your breath. Then there's also the element of healing that happens, you know, that's the, the sonic vibration that can create healing, like we were speaking, speaking about sound healing before. The actual mm-hmm. vibrations can heal us physically, emotionally. So even if we're not aware of what's happening. And these mantras are also very, very ancient. So they're connecting us to deep memories in our consciousness, deep memory, memories in our nervous system, in our cells. Um, so again, that depth of connection, that healing, that that nourishment we get and that sense of community we get if we are doing it in a group or whether it's an online session or something that we're listening to, um, there's that sort of group element. There's that community, that togetherness, that dissolution of separation that's Mm. going on. So there are so many benefits to it, so many. So many as you've listed. I love this. And sure there are more, but like these are the ones which are like coming up as I'm as I'm talking to you. So yeah. <laughs> I love it. And is there a mantra 
or a chant that you love to work with maybe on a daily basis that you could give to us that we could start off with? Oh, no, that's a beautiful question. Um, I'm not sure if you can hear the train where I am. I'm, I'm, I'm in the motherland. I'm in India. So that includes uh, trains going by. Can you hear that? Is that coming through? Only a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, which mantra can I think of? There are many. Um It's funny because even though I said, you know, drop the intellect, my my mind is going into what would be best for the listeners? What would be best <laughs> you know, for you? Especially when I'm sat here as someone you're asking for a mantra. A great place to start is, of course, the Aum mantra. Mm-hmm. It's the primordial sound. And if we're really talking about coming into a place of, of starting, just allowing yourself to, to chant Aum or any mantras where there's like, maybe three or four Sanskrit words or sounds, right? Because Sanskrit was a sung language composed of sounds and every sound related to something, to a specific vibration in the body. Um, Om is made up of three sounds, ah, ooh, and mm. And when we chant Om, you're using those different sounds of the three letters that make up the word uh, to impact the different energy centers and chakras in the body. So there's a huge science to how mantras work. So, you know, from a perspective of sound, that's a very beautiful one. Um, for people that really want to go deeper into that, a very, very beautiful mantra, especially one for people that um, might be more familiar with kirtan or chanting or satsang, is the Gayatri mantra. Gayatri is one of the uh, the goddesses, um, or the sort of more feminine uh, divine energies, let's say, you know, let's not, let's not make it just uh, binary, but contain more of those feminine energies. Um, and that's really um, wrapped up in the Gayatri mantra is also uh, an intention or a wish or a prayer for, for knowledge, for the highest knowledge because ultimately that knowledge of the self, of consciousness, is what will save us and make this life effortless in the end. <laughs> I love that. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing those, Bhavani. So let's talk a little bit more about your event directing and organizing then. So obviously we've spoken about the MBS events and festivals that you've organized. So how did you first create the MBS events and what advice do you have for anyone wanting to work in the wellness industry? Well, I've had the privilege of working professionally within the wellness industry since before it was even an industry. You know, before I could say I work in the wellness industry and it was, you know, now I still am overjoyed that I get to say that because <laughs> before I used to be like, well, how can I say this to this person in a way they'll understand, you know, because it wasn't so mainstream before. Um, so I'd been working within wellness and spirituality for many, many years. I was lucky that way. Um, and I had worked on huge festival and, and events, festivals and events around the world already as well, very multicultural, diverse um, wellness events and festivals. And so um, I'd been traveling around a lot, uh, living around the world in different cities and lots of different countries, different continents. And I was just lucky that the sort of universe aligned with me wanting to be more in one place, which was the UK, um, coincided with mind, body, spirits, um, 
searching for the right person for them at that time. So it was just a beautiful moment of alignment of, uh, of serendipity. And I joined the team. It was a fantastic team. I've loved working with them. I still love um, being part of that team as well. Um, but I was, like I said, I was already working in festivals and working in wellness. So that also meant that I was very connected to people in wellness too. So it was a natural transition to work just in the UK on festivals that really um, highlight and showcase what we have here in our on our doorstep because the whole world of wisdom is available to us. And the Mind, Body, Spirit events that have been running for such a long time, it felt an honour to be able to contribute, contribute to that legacy of bringing teachers into that platform and into that space too. So I hope that answers your question a bit. (laughs) Definitely. And what advice would you have for anyone who maybe wants to work in the wellness industry? Yes. (laughs) This is a big one because obviously this is something that I, many people come to me for advice on this. And ultimately it's about being authentic. Mm -hmm. You know, so many people out there are trying to portray a lifestyle or a set of knowledge or wisdom that might look a certain way or, or you know, because there's a whole aesthetic that goes with it, especially in the West now as well. You know, it's its its, its own beast. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to working professionally within the space, be authentic, be real. And that authenticity also extends to your personal practice. Have a personal practice. You know, it's not just about teaching everyone else. Be established. Mm-hmm. Your own authenticity before you go out there um, to try and teach other people um, what to do and how to be. No one's expecting you to be an enlightened master. No one's expecting you to have all the answers. But you know, be authentic to what has been your experience and what you what you do and what you know, so that you can really share that with other people in a real way. So that you can mm-hmm. create meaningful change and share what's what's true. You know, so as I say, it's it's a hard one. It's not one people want to hear. They want to hear like, you know, what are my 10 tips? What can I do? But this is, this is the biggest one. Of course, there's other things like, um, you know, and this is what my company Sangha Global consults on, you know, how to, how to be seen, how to tidy up what it is that you're sharing with the world, how to get clear on your messaging, um, how to reach out to festivals and platforms and things that you want to be part of. But again, it really boils down to get authentic with what you're doing so that then that naturally magnetizes you um, to everyone who is waiting for your message. <laughs> So, so true. And, you know, it's, it is definitely about when you own your light and own your message and own your authenticity. Like you say, those opportunities are magnetized to you. You haven't got to, you know, fight and like, you know, like chase it, et cetera. You know, when you are standing, and I think it's about walking your talk as well. Like you were saying there about, it's not just about what advice you share with people. Like how are you taking your own advice? How are you walking that talk behind closed doors as well? And over the years, I'm sure you wouldn't be surprised, Bhavani, at all about the things I have heard on this podcast where people will share things. And then afterwards they're like, oh yeah, I don't do that myself. And I'm like, why have you just said that on my podcast? Like, what am I meant to do with that information now? Like, oh my God. And it blows my mind that someone wouldn't practice their own things, but it does happen. Especially if you're good at Instagram or good at, um, you know, curating a a feed, 
you know, good at marketing. Um, that was very much part of my part of my job. It still is. It's like really cutting through um, what's portrayed and seeing what's behind yeah. the curtain. Um, and that's what I really valued so much about my role at MBS because that's always been a skill I have had. And to bring that to um, a platform which seeks to share authentic wisdom from people around the world and then being able to then use that platform and all the platforms I work with not you know not just mind body spirit but to use those platforms to elevate the voices of people who need to be heard need to be seen um, and who are actually really good at what they do yeah and you can tell that 100% with the MBS events like you know I've spoken at a lot of events over the years and I've said this to you before like there is nothing like MBS out there and I think it's so beautiful that you know you have helped to create such a beautiful community where everybody is represented like you know I say Tana all the time and she says to me you know MBS was the first well-being event to put a disabled person on stage in the well-being industry and to her you know that was huge to see that representation for her there and you know I just feel like there's such a beautiful energy and you can tell that you know you have really worked hard to bring such beautiful souls and energy to those events because you know the results speak for themselves and you know the the people who attend the events love them as well so I think it's really important like you say to have people who don't really necessarily care about the Instagram or the the portrayal as you say and it is more about that soul soul alignment and soul essence isn't it of their work and their their true essence yeah that's all we're we're doing right I mean it sort of takes us back to the question you asked me it's like all we all want to do is reach that space inside ourselves Mm -hmm. that, that space of home and if home wasn't a great memory for you whatever that word might be you know but that space of ultimate acceptance, ultimate safety, ultimate space to to learn as well, where you can have these moments where you're like, oh, it's okay, where you can be a student forever, you know, where you're constantly growing and expanding. And that's the beautiful purpose of this life, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So what I would love to know, because I've seen you organize so many incredible talks over the years, um, obviously the MBS festivals, but outside of that as well. So a personal question from me to you, Bhavani, is what are some of the most powerful talks you've organized and who were they and why were they so impactful for you? Um, Wow, what a question. Again, a a hard question because I've worked with incredible people. It's a real privilege that I've had the real... Um, honor to work with incredible people within within wellness within spirituality um, but one that springs to mind is a summer tour that I was involved with for his holiness Sri Sri Ravi Shankar mm. and he was doing a tour of more cities than I can even recall right now um, teaching uh, a sort of um, translation of what's known as the Vignan Bhairav Um, And the season of the tour, it was called Unveiling Infinity. Um, And it was really sharing these incredibly profound, but very easy meditation techniques, which were written thousands and thousands of years ago. It's like literally a collection of loads of different techniques, sort of how you have lots of these books of techniques that we have now. You know, there's countless books, but this is a very ancient one that had all of them there. 
And the reason why that was so special is, I mean, even just to attend that workshop or that set of workshops as an attendee, you know, would be like someone going to a whoever they might feel like going to Oprah or going to Deepak Chopra or going to Tony Robbins or going to see the Dalai Lama, even just going to one event like that with Sri Sri Ravi Shankar is, you know, a life goal for many people. But I was part of organizing that in multiple cities all over Europe. So it involved thousands of people from so many different cultures, backgrounds, languages, um, countries, And he's delivering that same profound, timeless wisdom in these environments. And each event has about 20 or 30 translators at the events because there's so much um, multicultural representation in the room. And then seeing, you know, hundreds, if not thousands, depending on the event of people going to meditation at the same time and coming out having had what is potentially a life-changing experience for themselves because of how they've meditated together in Mm. that space, just to see just how universal practices can be, just how universal wisdom can be when it's delivered in a specific way. Um, And then being part of taking that to so many different places and so many different venues and impacting so many people and working with so many different teams. Obviously, all of us weren't moving around the whole time. There was a core team that moved and then you've got the people on the ground. Um, And just being part of something like that just shrinks our planet. You know, you get to see how, yes, there's so much beautiful difference, but connecting us all is that same thread. That same thread of of wisdom and of experience, you know. So I love that. Definite, yeah. That's been that's been huge because again, it's about the the grandeur of it. Um, again, when it comes to events, I always compare them to mandalas. Uh, people may have seen beautiful mandalas being created that take hours, days, weeks, months, years, whatever it is. But the moment it's done, it gets cleared away. You know, mm. and there's no trace of it left behind. And that's that is how I see events. And that's why, you know, working in events, especially as a spiritual teacher, has been a really great fit for me because everything I work on is is like that. It's a real living practice of of non attachment. So mm. yeah. <laughs> I love that. Amazing. So my last question today, Bhavani, is what is one piece of life advice that you would like to leave my lovely listeners with? Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about this, Emma, because when you when you think of one piece of advice, it sort of comes to, you know, legacy. What would be the one thing? <laughs> <laughs> and mine probably doesn't sound particularly profound, but it's very important. Um, and it's said with all the love in my heart. <laughs> like I would be saying it to a really dear friend is to just get out of your own way, you know? And this has been a big practice for me as well. We're so in our own way when it comes to um, the things we want in our life, the things that we feel like we deserve, the things we want to achieve, the way we communicate with people we love or respect or or even don't, you know? it's um, We're really in our way a lot, our mind is in the way a lot. And even when it comes to wanting to work in the spiritual space, you know, it goes back to that question you asked me before. 
it's like come back be come back to being real just being who you are and i've you know i very often say to my students you already know who you have the capacity to be it might always be lovely to hear compliments or hear praise from other people but deep down for some of us really really deep 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 down if not <laughs> accessible enough you know how loving how talented how creative how resourceful and dynamic and resilient and courageous you really are you know and it's just about giving yourself permission to be all of those things because life is so short so you know we're we're waiting for something i don't know what and like i say i say this to myself as well with all the love in my heart because i've really had to learn to be kind to myself as well you know i wasn't always but just giving yourself the permission to get out of your own way and um seeing what can unfold i love that so profound and so beautiful ah, as we say not not so profound <laughs> Just me telling a friend. <laughs> so what is next for you, Bhavani? What are you working on? What can we expect? Well, um, beautiful timing to be asking me this question. Um, funnily enough, we're talking about getting out of your own way. I have always sung. I've always been a singer, but I didn't. Um, it wasn't something that I put first. It's certainly in my list of who I am and what I do in this world. But now it's time for Bhavani the singer to be first. She's been first for a while, but I wasn't uh, maybe giving her that space. I think she's nudged her way through like, hey. <laughs> um, I have this beautiful, very exciting opportunity to sing for a huge um, world culture festival happening at the Washington DC mall um, at the end of the month. So I'll be singing to hundreds of thousands of people, bringing mantra to the mainstream, um, which I'm very, very excited about. And then I have a few other events lined up. And um, the beautiful thing is, is that I'm living my dream of, just uh, doing and sharing mantra, kirtan, satsang, um, and sharing that with people. I can't, I can't not do it anymore, Emma. That's that's the reason. I can't not. It's really become something that I can't hide away from anymore. So uh, that's what I'm going to be focusing for now um, and for the foreseeable. Of course, I continue to work with beautiful people like you and other experts in the field because we are really part of something together. All the work that all of us are doing in this field is important and necessary. And so I don't just see that as a solo journey. Um, so all, we're all in it, in the trenches together. <laughs> Oh, yes, we are. I love it. And what a time to be, you got out your own way, Bhavani, you're stepping into that, which is so beautiful. And I'm sure myself and everybody listening are so excited to see that journey unfold, listen to your beautiful music and singing. Um, And where can everyone find you if they want to learn more about you and your work? So to engage with who I am, what we do, there's of course my website, bhavanivyas.com, which has everything in one place. Uh, and when it comes to social media, you can find me talking a lot about music, meditation, mantra, uh, breath work, and all things spiritual world on my Instagram and Facebook platforms. And you can find more music on Spotify, on iTunes, on YouTube, because I've sung in some amazing places around the world, including the Berlin Olympic Stadium, Royal Albert Hall. So I've got these beautiful uh, 
experiences under my belt as well, which I'm happy to share online with everyone as well. <laughs> Amazing. I will put a clickable link to Bhavani's website below. So you've got a nice, easy, accessible link. And I just want to say thank you so much, Bhavani, for today. It's been so beautiful to bring the power of mantra, satsang, katan music to the podcast finally. And I'm so excited for everyone to go and dive in and explore more with this. Yes. So much. It's been a real honor to be the first to talk about something so impactful. And I invite everyone to join me on that journey when it comes to mantra, kirtan, and satsang. So thank you so much, gorgeous souls, for joining me for another one of my podcast episodes today. I really hope you've enjoyed Bhavani and I's conversation. As always, you can find a clickable link to Bhavani's work in the description below. And if you want to find out anything more about myself, my books, my videos, my coaching, or anything else that I have to offer, you can find it all at emmamumford.co.uk. So thank you so much, gorgeous souls, for listening. I appreciate all your views and listens. Don't forget to subscribe if you're new here, because I would love, love to see you again soon. Don't forget you can also join my free Law of Attraction support group over on Facebook where you can join myself and other like-minded souls where we talk all things Law of Attraction and spirituality. I hope you have a fabulous week whatever you are up to and I'll see you all in my next podcast episode which will be next week. Lots of love! Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.